Hey, good morning to those of you guys that are here, um, and good morning to those at Grace Point, and good morning to those that are online. Um, I'm excited uh, to speak to you guys this morning. I, I'm so excited that a few nights ago, I had this crazy dream um, where I, it was Sunday morning, it was first service, uh, Tim was out playing his guitar, and, I, and I'm like, I'm, out, I'm back in the back, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm ready to go. And then I spilled something on my shirt, and I don't even remember what it was. I just remember I spilled something on my shirt. And then my first idea was I need to go home, which I live five minutes from here, L- literally five minutes. My phone tells me every morning it takes me five minutes to get to Grace Community Church. So five minutes, and I decided to go to the airport. Yeah, and I go to the airport, and I don't know where I flew, and then I got out of the airport and realized I don't have a car, (laughs) and so I start asking people, can you take me to Fremont, and nobody's letting me go with them, and then eventually, I look at my phone, and it's 1230, and I'm thinking, what did they do? (laughs) I wonder who spoke. I wonder what happened. So I'm excited to be speaking this morning and continuing on in our series, Road Trip. And speaking of road trips, um, have you ever taken a road trip where you've taken this detour, whether that was planned or unplanned, and it's led you to this place that it's kind of extraordinary, it just kind of blows your mind. See, I grew up here at Grace and I grew up in Fremont. Uh, and then I went to college in Georgia, um, and it was like a 10-hour drive for me, and I, I would, I'm a guy who likes just driving, and I liked the road trip, um, but I didn't want to always take the same road, and so I decided to take some detours and take some different directions, um, and which led to me to some cool places, and places like, you're like, this is in Kentucky in the middle of nowhere, and this is pretty cool, um, and then it also like me, maybe you think you can get anywhere. <laughs> and so you don't use your phone or you don't use your GPS and, and then you just take off thinking, I can make to this place. And I've taken these detours and it just has taken me in a detour where I had no clue where I was. And in my life, there's been times in my life that's been exactly the way it feels. It feels like life has taken a detour where I don't know where I'm at and I don't know where to get out of. Maybe you're feeling like that sometimes. Where you have no clue where you are. It feels like you're lost. It feels like you've been placed in a corner. It feels like there's no way out and you're trapped. And maybe that's in areas like finances or family problems or marriage problems. And you just don't know how to kind of go through the 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 motions of and keep going and it feels like there's a roadblock in your in your way where you can't continue maybe with that, with health health issues or job problems or school you know that's the way it was for the road trip for Israel they they ended up having roadblocks on the road trip and after pastor Tim talked about the plagues last week and especially the final event of the pa- the Passover Pharaoh, he's, he just puts up his hands and he's like, I've had enough. I don't, I don't want any more. He's like, I, just leave Israel. And so the children of Israel, they start on their journey. Um, and that's the official beginning of the road trip. And on this road trip, as soon as it just feels like it's beginning, God sends them on a detour. 
And look at Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 and 18. It says, Now when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near for God. He said, The people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Hence God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea. And the sons of Israel went up in martial array from the land of Egypt. See, they're just leaving slavery. So they're thinking, well, let's get out of Egypt as quickly as possible. Let's not stay here. Let's move and let's go straight for the border. On their, their, when they're thinking that, there's, there's a problem with that. Because there would probably be Egyptian border forces there, which if they're, they're there, there would be a conflict and God, knowing that Israel is in no place to have a and, and, and no place for a war, He sends them a different direction, which seemed crazy and strange and seemed risky. Because what actually it was is they turned back towards Egypt. They're walking away from it. They're leaving. Their journey was heading out from Egypt, but the, then God sends them a, on a detour, going back towards Egypt and then away from Egypt, and. When they sent them away, it was towards some large bodies of water, one being the Red Sea. And that's their first roadblock on their journey, right? This Red Sea, and as they're there, and we might know this story of the Red Sea being split and Moses and the Israelites crossing through it. And it's a reminder for every single one of us that's a believer that it's God is fully capable of completing his purposes and plans for those who are fully committed to him. And for those who are fully committed to him, what we see through the story is we should expect roadblocks to come in our life. It shouldn't come as a shock when there's all of a sudden a roadblock that comes into our life. And as they have this roadblock behind them, and as when God ordered that detour to head back towards Egypt and then away, it enticed Pharaoh to go after them. Look at Exodus 14.9. It says, Then the Egyptians chased after them with all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and they overtook them camping by the sea beside Pathoroth in front of Beelzephon. As Pharaoh and his army, which, is, which we learn two verses before this, is at least 600 chariots strong. This is the greatest army on the planet, breathing down the necks of the children of Israel, who just left slavery, who are kind of a timid, probably a little fearful. And so they feel trapped. They have a roadblock in front of them of the Red Sea, and they have the greatest army in the world behind them, breathing down their necks. And there's times in our life where we feel like the children of Israel. We feel like we are in between a rock and a hard place. We feel like there's no way out. We feel like we are trapped. And in times like that, when we're facing a Red Sea crossing, I think there's several things we need to do. And the first being this, we need to learn how to let go of the past. Exodus chapter 14, verse 12, this is um, Israel speaking to Moses, and they say this, is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. See, 
they're, what we learn in verse 10 is that they're afraid. They're fearful for their lives. To me, I think rightfully so. You got the greatest army in the world coming down to recapture you. And then verse 11, their fear drove them to complaining. They actually say this line where they say, are there no graves in Egypt? Which is really ironic because I'm studying for this message and I, I read this, this line from this expert of Egypt during this time and he's saying, he believed, and I have no clue if this is true because it, it's a crazy stat. And he said three quarters of Egypt during this time was designated for graves. So they're looking at Moses, questioning his leadership, questioning his decision-making, and saying, hey, Moses, are you crazy? You're taking us out to the wilderness because are, is this, there's just no more spots left in Egypt? Even if it's not true that three-quarters of the land of Egypt was designated for graves, the fact that an expert has said that probably shows us that there was a lot of room for graves there in Egypt. And then in verse 12, they take it a whole step further. Questioning Moses, they're saying, Moses, man, it would have been easier just to remain a slave. It would have been easier just to continue on what we were doing every single day. It would have been easier to do that. The reality is it's because they became accustomed and they got comfortable existing as a slave. I think in our life what happens is we get comfortable with our past. We get comfortable with what our old life looked like before we knew Christ. And it's easy for us to slip into old habits, slip into our old behavior, because we concentrate a lot of times on what we used to do or what we used to have or what we used to be like. And we slip back easily because it's just we, for our help. And we just look for comfort from our past. And we look for strength from our past. But what we know is that that isn't where we're going to find our strength. That's not where Israel's finding their strength. That, that's, not what, that's not good. It won't help us at all. Actually, 2 Corinthians 5.17. What does it say? It says, the old has passed away and the new has come. The old, your old life, before you knew Christ, it, it, that's that. But now you've come and you have a new life in Christ. Your old self is gone. It's, it's in the past. Let it go. It's in the past. You behold, you have a new life founded in Christ. Take a hold of that, not your old life. Take hold of the, the new life that you have. And look to him. I think that's what Moses, he, he starts pointing to Israel to do, is to look to God. In Exodus 13 and 14, it says this, but Moses said to the people, and he starts out, and he's kind of showing them how to look to God. He's saying, do not fear. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. Don't allow the enemy to confine you. You know what Satan loves to do? He loves to entangle us in our fear because our fear drives us to look backwards. 
It drives us to look back towards Egypt, where we came from, what we have been delivered from, what God has brought us out of. So we have to learn how to not allow fear to control us. See, Moses is looking at them with fear written all over their faces and realizing, I got to address this first. So he says, do not fear. And you know what we've been told by Paul? And what Paul told Timothy, he says, do not, you have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. You're not given a spirit of fear. As you as a believer, you're not given a spirit of fear because you have this new life founded in Christ who is your strength. You aren't founded in fear. You don't have a spirit of it. But you have a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And a sound mind will tell you, you don't look to your past for your help. You look where your strength is. And that's what Paul, or Moses, he says next to him. He says, stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, the guys that are coming down behind you, you're never going to see them again forever. And the Lord, he will fight for you while you keep silent. Stand firm. When you have a roadblock in your life where you do not know what to do and you, you're, you're kind of maybe even scared because you're, 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 the unknown, is, it, it, it is fearful. You don't know what's coming. Moses is telling us, stand firm. Don't allow the fear to control you. Do not fear. Stand firm and know that God is fighting for us. And look at Isaiah 40, 31. It says, but they that wait upon the Lord, those who stand firm on him, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And then in Psalm 46, 10, it says, cease striving and know that I am God. Stand firm and know that I am God. Why? Because I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted among the earth. Stand firm. Have confidence in who God is. With waiting, it comes renewed strength, and with waiting comes renewed faith. With the people of God, Israel, they had to make a choice here, whether they allowed fear to control them, which would drive them back to slavery, a life of hopelessness, and misery, or they could trust God, looking to Him, not with fear, standing firm in who they know who God is. They had watched God deliver them out of the nation of Egypt. We have an option and choice too. We can allow the roadblock to stop us where we look back to our past for our help, or we can look to God standing firm and knowing that he has released us from the bondage of sin through Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. We know that he knows what's on the other side of the Red Sea, right? So we don't look to the world. We don't look behind us. 
We don't look to us for our own strength. Where we look to is to God. And what Moses, what God actually tells Moses next is one of my favorite lines in this whole story. And it says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? What, Moses, what are you doing? You, you're, you're, you're sitting here and you're just waiting and you're crying out to me, trying to figure out what to do. The direction is pretty clear, Moses. What I want you to tell the sons of Israel is to go forward, launch forward. Guess what? What's behind you is the nation of Egypt and I've delivered you from them and that's not where you're supposed to go. That's why I delivered you from them. So go forward because that's the only option you got. You got to go forward. I know there's a roadblock in front of you, but you got to go forward. You got to launch forward. That's a pretty clear direction, right? Go forward. I think we... We sit back and we wait and wait and wait and wait and, and we make excuses why we can't move forward or launch forward. But we have to learn how to go forward in the things of God. We have to learn how to obey his commands. See, uh, people will say, it's impossible for me to go forward. But then you read a passage like Matthew nineteen twenty six, where God tells us, Anything is possible, or all things are possible. And we, then we say, I'm, I'm just too tired, but then Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, we re read that God will give us rest. And then we see that, we, we, we're like, well, nobody could really love me, but then John three sixteen, we know that God really loves us, right? We, we will be like, nobody could ever care about me, but then 1 Peter 5, 7, we see that, man, God, how much he really does care about us. We read, we say, and we make the excuse, I, can't, I, I don't know how to go on. I can't go on. And then we see a passage like 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where God says, my grace is sufficient. It's enough. You don't need anything else. It's enough. We say, I can't figure things out. And, and God looks, and we read that Proverbs 3, 6, and God looks at us, and he's like, yeah, you can't figure things out. It's like me when I'm lost. I have to use the GPS. Well, God's saying, well, you have a roadblock? Well, I'll guide your path. Look to me. Look to me. And then we're, I don't know if I'm able to do that. In the Second Corinthians 9, 8, God tells us he is able. We say I'm not worth it. And then Romans 8, 28, God tells us that it will be worth it. We say I, I can't forgive myself. And then 1 John 1, 9, God tells us that he's forgiven us. We say I can't afford to. And then Philippians 4, 19 God tells us that he will supply all our needs. I think it's kind of funny how we try to make excuses, how we can't go forward. When the direction is pretty clear, God is wanting us to go forward. Whether that's sharing our faith or whether, whether that is whatever, like in our marriage. Man, our marriage has gotten hard, but you look at Scripture, it's pretty clear. He doesn't want you to give up on your marriage. He wants you to go forward in your marriage. It's not, because it's not us getting through the roadblock. It's through his strength that we get through it. Look at what happens when God's directs Moses to stretch out his hands over the sea in verse 21. It says, then Mo Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord 
He, God, he swept back the the back. He swept back the sea by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided, and the sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on dry land. And the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And then the Egyptians, they took up pursuit. And all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen went in after them in the midst of the sea. Can you picture it? Two million Israelites walking through a sea on dry land with a wall of water on their left side and a wall of water on their right side. And as soon as they get through, this is what happens next. As Pharaoh has, has run in after him, it says the waters returned and covered the chariots and horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea. And the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord. And they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. And I, I hear sometimes like the plagues that we talked about last week, like this can't be real. And people try to downplay God's power in this moment. And, and they, try to, they try to say like the walls here, they were just a metaphor. It was just poetic language. And actually the Red Sea, it wasn't that deep. And, and, but there's, when we do that, there's actually more problems than it solves. You think about it. If, it was a red, if the Red Sea was shallow... It, they would have got, came to the Red Sea, as Israel would have came to the Red Sea, not treat it as a roadblock. They were just in slavery. They would not treat shallow water as a roadblock. They would have just walked through it, not caring that their feet's wet. They're walking towards freedom. They wouldn't want to go back to slavery if it was shallow. They're looking at it because it's deep and thinking, I don't want to go back to slavery, but I don't know what to do because it looks like my f- path forward is closed. And the other problem is, if it's deep, or if it's shallow, how does it swallow up an entire army? It destroyed an entire army. It killed an entire army. The reality is, just like the plagues, the Red Sea is, has a supernatural element to it that can only be explained that God intervened in that moment. He saw the Red Sea as an obstacle and an opportunity to show that not just Israel, but also Egypt, who he is, that he is the one true God. This story, what I want us to see is it was just as much God's plan as coming to the Red Sea as it was crossing the Red Sea. In fact, just a roadblock in God's hands, it's just a highway to the promised land. And this story is a great reminder to us that, yes, there's going to be roadblocks in our life because it often takes those roadblocks to make us look to God for our strength Make to us to look to God for our needs. 
And we can only cross the Red Sea through his strength. And God can part the waters for us. But even if he doesn't, it's for a purpose. His purpose. One we might not realize yet. But even if he parts the waters or if he doesn't part the waters, our response doesn't change. We have to do three things. We let go of the past, we look to him, and we launch forward. The story of the crossing of the Red Sea is not just one of God's miraculous saving power, because it is. It's a bigger picture, though. It's a story of redemption. See, God used Moses to provide a physical salvation from a physical slavery. What he does through Jesus is provide a spiritual salvation from a spiritual slavery. And that salvation that Jesus offers to you and to me is the only thing that will help us let go of the past, right? Because he offers us a new life where our old is gone, our old has passed away, and he's offering us a new life that we launch forward in him and only him, looking to him for our strength, and we launch forward in this new life. You know, I love growing up here at Grace, and one of my a memory that always comes to mind is a memory right after we built the auditorium. And I was just a little guy at this point in time, but I, I, we, Pastor Kevin took everybody out into the atrium, the hallway outside the auditorium, and we did this promo video. Maybe some of you guys remember it. And he's standing up on top of that little area before the doors go out, and he's looking at a camera, and he says, hey, we want you to, and then he points and he says and a group of people yell out does anybody remember it (laughs) join the journey now I look back to when I was a little kid growing up here at Grace and the journey that we were talking about then is still the same journey we're talking about today A journey where we get to have a new life founded in Christ, where our old has passed away, and it's a new journey launching forward in the new things that Jesus has for us. And we look to him for our strength. We look to him to guide our path. And we launch forward in that new life. Isn't that great news? So join the journey. Invite someone to join the journey so that we can launch, they can launch forward in all the things that Christ has for them. Let go of the past. Look to him and launch forward. If you guys would, stand with me and let's pray. Dear my Father, Thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this place where you get to come and we get to worship you. We get to sing praises to you. and Thank you for that you offer us a new life. One where we get to let go of the past. Where we get to look to you and we get to launch forward in all the things that you have for us. We thank you so much for that. We love you. We praise you in your wonderful holy name. Amen. Hey, guys, thanks for being here at Grace.